And on this week in pharmacy, we're going to be talking about a trend of more pharmacists getting in with vets and, and becoming specialists, even with specific animals. You're listening to This Week in Pharmacy. listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy, Alexandra Arnett, you are a future pharmacist. You're exactly the people I want to talk to and have in my network. I think I could be working for you someday when you come to me uh, in the future with a special series that we want to uh, forward in, in industry and in building out the content. But that's the future of our platform is reaching out to organizations and people like yourself who are forwarding the roles of pharmacists. Talk to us. Uh, introduce yourself. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for welcoming me and allowing me to kind of come on and talk to you about veterinary pharmacy from the student perspective and kind of introducing you to like what we have in our world. There's so many organizations. There's a huge network. I know that they say pharmacy is small, but the veterinary pharmacy world is even smaller. So um, I started getting interested in veterinary pharmacy in my first year. I took my first compounding class and we had a lot of problem solving. I was like, oh, I really like this. I think this is really cool. And I went on and did the PCCA uh, introductory bootcamp uh, lab. And that was an incredible experience because I got to learn all the different types of compounding methods um, that we utilize in pharmacy that I wasn't exposed to um, in our normal curriculum. And so then they were telling me about the veterinary pharmacy on Lab They Do. And when I did that, I was able to deep dive into how problem solving really goes into veterinary pharmacy and how exhilarated I felt being able to like solve a problem or go into and talk to a veterinarian and be like, Hey, I have this, you know, they, or they have this problem with, um, getting a snake an injection and be like, Oh yes. Like, let me help you out. Let me work with you. And I actually started shadowing at the Dallas zoo for like a year now. And I go there every month and that's been a really cool experience. So what I think of this, so when you go through, you end up uh, getting your PharmD, you're going to have a PharmD, but then are you also going to have a specialty in veterinarian medicine as well? Or is that a board of specialty? It's not currently an official board of specialty. Um, we are working on that. So the SVHP, they are the student or I'm sorry, the Society of Veterinary Hospital Pharmacists Organization. And they have a specialty that you can, uh, or a certification that you can qualify for either after one year of residency or you work for five years within the related field in a vet teaching hospital, in a compounding pharmacy that has you know veterinary prescriptions. And then you can go on and get what's called, I believe it's like the diplomat internet. It's a DICVP. Um, credential at the end, but at the current moment, there is no um, BS or BC for um, veterinary pharmacy yet. Oh, wow. So here's what I think about. I think about educating consumers around proper disposal of medications, education to consumers about their specific pet med medications, and the fact that some of the things that we think 
you can give to a human is not going to impact a um, animal the same way because of things like weight, because of um, um, digestion, because of um, absorbing medication into the bloodstream. Like it's all different. And mm -hmm. pharmacists become a right wing to our veterinarians, just like they are with their physicians and medication mm -hmm. humans. This is powerful. And this is an expansion of even become a, even becoming a specialist. You just mentioned snakes. I think of horses. I think of farm you know, industry, farming industry. I think of, um, you know, uh, animals that are athletic for goodness sake, mm -hmm. they go mm -hmm. things that are, are a specialty. And so kind of expand upon if you were to talk to a crowd of pharmacists, cause you are right now, um, on, on the podcast, uh, <laughs> expand the imagination um that you what have you been thinking about as a as a specialist in veterinarian medicine yeah so i think like to tag on to what you were saying many people don't know this but pharmacists are the only healthcare professional legally allowed to service both humans and animals we are the connecting point between the two and as you were saying about being a right hand to the veterinarian that means more now than ever and they are starting to realize how important it is for us to be within their network as the drug experts so one of the things that people think of when they think of veterinary pharmacy like you were saying is maybe the compounding aspect um, and making drugs that are tailored to that specific animal whether it be dogs cats exotics and things like that but and you were talking about um, horses as well or racing animals and there are a lot of regulations on that of what drugs can and cannot be used but something that people don't often think about is food animal so when you think about the cows and the pigs and chickens and how they get infections or they're sick or they break a, a bone and you have to treat them, now that this is a um, an animal that's going to be intended for human consumption, that changes all the regulations. That's where our expertise in the pharmacokinetic world and pharmacodynamic world come into play. And there are residencies that specialize um, with food animal and with um the organization called FARAD. Um, so they're the food animal drug um, residue avoidance like data bank. And so you can go on that website and look at that. But there are so many areas where we can play a role that people don't quite think of, especially food animal. Absolutely. I think of the, when you put a, um, a puppy or a, even a kitten, I have four dogs, so I'm very dog intense. Um, my corgis, for example. So if if it, if they needed their teeth cleaned, mm -hmm. they would get an anesthesiologist, uh, maybe specialist, or obviously the veterinarian understood it because they've done it so many times. But I would think that pharmacists would play into pre-op and then out after after operation with things like skin um, conditioning and mm -hmm. antibiotics, and you know uh, maybe something special for this one particular animal, but what else do you think um, our listeners should think about that they haven't thought about that you've you've discovered as um, as a pharmacist um, with such a focus? Um, do you mean like in terms of like where we can play a role, like you were talking about kind of in the pre and post-op world? Yes. So right now there's a big role um, for veterinary pharmacists um, in antimicrobial stewardship. Mm -hmm. 
And so they are trying to get veterinarians to focus on that and have um, protocols and algorithms um, for that. And I think that's where we can play a big role um, prior to giving an antibiotic and saying, is this something that we really need to do right now? Is there another option? Do we need to give a workhorse antibiotic <laughs> currently? Like, do we need to give Zosin and things like that? And, you know, also looking and just as a quick side note, like there are a lot of um, pharmacogenomic um, mutations that play a role in the metabolism of some medications and some antibiotics in certain uh, species or certain breeds of dogs. And that is also something that we can play a role in looking into prior to the procedure or to the appointment and saying, hey, let's go ahead and change that because of X, Y, and Z, you know, yeah. issues. Absorption issues based on their DNA makes me think mm -hmm. around PGX for, you know, humans and how that, the, that role in pharmacist is just blowing up. We have a show yeah. PGX for pharmacists and shout out to our host on that, on that show, um, uh, Becky and Benaz. They're just incredible pharmacists. They're, they're analytical. They dig down into the details. I think of something that I do want to ask your opinion on. You certainly don't have to um, give any medical opinion on this because you're not finished with your training. However, everyone has an opinion and your opinion is meaning something because you're going to be a future pharmacist. So we have sought out um, trusted sources to continue to educate our pharmacist in the realm of CBD as well as um, uh, cannabis products um, for pain, for topicals, for anxiety, for sleep, for diet, for cancer follow-up, for, I mean, especially pain control, by the way, there's some roll-ons that are just amazing. But the public doesn't understand it. You, they, if you ask someone, the lay person, what's CBD do, right? There's a lot of people that still don't understand. Sometimes they're buying things because it's being marketed to them for their pets, and without the education, mm -hmm. they really don't know what this, what these, you know, products are going to do for them. Even though, in this case, with our partnership, these are high quality products. Um, today's episode is brought to us by Cannabis Pharmacy. You can learn more at cannabispharmacy.com. And mention if you go to the checkout and you use code PPN30, you'll get 30% off your order. But I want to kick this back to you. The public doesn't understand. Just because this is out there, just because you can buy it, doesn't mean it's always good for your pet. So how could pharmacists demystify um, CBD and, and cannabis with our pets? I think it's important to have that kind of conversation with the pharmacist and the veterinarian and the patient specific, um, you know, animal that it's going towards and the condition. I think that we have a big role in looking at the research that is out there and making sure that what product and verifying the product against the research and saying, you know, how is it that they're making the CBD? How is it that it's being processed? And, you know, do they have um, the rights? Um, standards being used, you know, maybe they have the right labelings um, on there. So, but I think that it's just about education and looking further into a product rather than just buying something that has, you know, pretty colors or a nice photo on it. Or maybe some people buy something because it's super expensive. And because of that, they think that it's super good quality, which is not always the case. Um, I think we need to go a little deeper into exactly what the product is and, and maybe even if they have studies on that product. So do you think every, so there's 305,000 active pharmacists throughout the country, um, and then obviously millions throughout the world, but in our country, um, do you think every pharmacist could answer basic pharmacological questions about animals, or do you think they really should be searching out a veterinarian pharmacist that is very focused on animals? 
I, I personally believe that you should focus on that, however, or focus on finding a veterinary pharmacist if you did not take a specialized course in it. However, one of the things that I want to push for is to have veterinary pharmacy taught in most pharmacy schools so that people or so that pharmacists when graduating have a baseline knowledge. So for example, in North Carolina, 70 they one of the um, pharmacies that were studied over there, 77% of their prescriptions were vet prescriptions, but only 4% of the pharmacists actually had any type of training. And so I think that that's a huge gap. And there are not a lot of schools that teach or even have the elective option for that. And so I think that at the current moment, seeking out a veterinary pharmacist who's done specialized training through residencies or who have um, been in the field for a very long time is the best option. Um, but I, I don't oppose anybody from going out and trying to learn. There are a lot of resources like Plums and Merricks and um, PCCA holds courses, things like this that you can go out and learn a little bit more for yourself as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I've enjoyed this episode. It's really kind of a place setter for the expansion of pharmacists in veterinarian medicine and working with vets. Um, I'd like uh, to stay in touch with you. I want to uh, talk with you when you... Um, graduate and really start building your um, your career in working with uh, with vets and what um, what's your what's your next move um, in in networking for say we we just got back from WVU School of Pharmacy uh, just last week and I met with all the P3s it's my it's my annual uh, trip down to WVU uh, Mark uh, Dr. Mark Garofoli puts that together for us he's on our network he's known as the pain guy that's <laughs> hashtag pain guy. But um, he um, he always gets us access to the, to the students. And that's one aspect. When I was going through the future of pharmacy and the future roles of pharmacists, I forgot to mention veterinarian pharmacists. So um, I have to remember next time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the future. Um, I just, I am the ACVP or the American College of Veterinary Pharmacists, the student pharmacist board member. And so um, this whole year I've been reaching out to schools just like you have and trying to educate on veterinary pharmacy and reaching out. I'll be speaking at the University of Arizona next week. I just spoke at uh, Colorado State um, last week. So it's been a great um a position for me to network and get out there and get the school started on expanding their role in veterinary pharmacy. Um, and we also just developed the first veterinary pharmacy competition. So that's going to be great. So uh, that'll be next semester. So lots of networking opportunities to come. All right. Well, let's stay in touch. Let's get you back in your P4 year so we can be tracking this. And then we'll have you back at a minimum once per year to see how you've progressed in your career. Absolutely. I would love that. All right. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Um, we're excited. We're appreciating that you got to be on This Week in Pharmacy and go pharmacists. If any pharmacists out there want to make career transitions, we have so many resources. We also have a new partnership with Pharmacy Mentors, which is led by uh, Dr. Sue Ojigir. And Dr. Sue, who is also a author of children's books, um, she is developing a mentor program between pharmacy students and specialists in different roles. And so we want um, a pharmacist that's listening right now that works in veterinary pharmacy. Please reach out to us. We'd like to connect you with Alexandra, but we also want to connect you 
with uh, Dr. Ojigir because we believe that you are um, a needed mentor to um, to help pull out the talents from our future pharmacists. And that is you, Alexandra. We're very proud of you. So let's stay in touch. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Long-term care pharmacies are always on the hunt for ways to scale their business and ensure they're a solutions partner for their nursing home and skilled facility customers. Now, with the aging baby boomer generation projected to increase the number of Americans ages 65 and older from 46 million to more than 95 million by 2060, the demand for long-term care has never been greater and neither have the growth opportunities for LTC pharmacies. Framework LTC is a long-term care pharmacy software designed to improve scale Scalability. This platform is incredibly effective for scaling your LTC pharmacy business. It starts with your workflow management, designed around your operations. Framework LTC was designed with long-term care intricacies in mind, which provide a number of different features unavailable with a retail pharmacy software. Framework LTC helps to accomplish these seven critical categories. Streamlined workflows, automated manual tasks, custom services to meet unique needs of different facilities, gain better visibility into your operations, make data-driven decisions, curb your billing complexities, and manage new services. Learn more at frameworkltc.com. That's frameworkltc.com. Alex Arnett. I am a PharmD candidate for the class of 2025. I'm currently attending Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center, and you're listening to This Week in Pharmacy. And on This Week in Pharmacy, let's talk about mindfulness, uh, the art of thriving through mindfulness, what that means for your career as a pharmacist, as a technician, even if you're a physician, you're listening and you feel burnout. What does mindfulness mean? How does that give us an opportunity to reset and to uh, carry on in maybe a slightly different direction than what you're doing now. Um, I'm so thrilled to welcome my friend and someone who's been a great support of our publication um, for for a while now. And I met a uh, new uh, throng, Dr. Throng through LinkedIn, the power of social media. And uh, it's just as good as it is bad sometimes. But um, new, uh, welcome to the to this week in pharmacy. It's so good to have you here. Thank you, Todd. It's my honor. I'm blessed to be here with you, Todd. Absolutely. Um, I'm referencing in the opening, The Art of Thriving, A Mindful Approach <laughs> to Career Success. You wrote this blog uh, back in September. This is a special piece that breaks into um, how to stay competitive in such a crazy um, job market that we're in, in the fluctuation of of where pharmacists are needed most. Um, we know that the retail chain pharmacy industry right now is is on fire and it needs a lot of uh, love <laughs> and support in what, in what those pharmacists are going through, which could cause burnout and some other things that you outline here. But before I get into today's show, really focusing on uh, resilience and, and thriving uh, through mindfulness, um, tell our listeners uh, about your background, why you wanted to become a pharmacist, um, tell us about yourself. Thank you, Todd. Well, um, uh, a little bit of me, it's uh, one of the things is uh, it's funny now looking in as a little girl, always wanting to either be a teacher, a doctor in the healthcare, something in the arena of that. 
and it's a blessing to see now that I became a pharmacist, you know, and not only that is also want to empower and, and use my skills and to really educate what's out there. And it's funny, it's just finding that purpose. And as my career path, not only getting out of the pharmacy school, you know, being a clinical pharmacist in the hospital setting, I also did seven on seven off and did in the hospital in the clinical world and the CVS world. So I know what the CVS world of retail 14 hours a day is like, you know, and how we have to do everything. Um, and, you know, seeing the career path and changing what's out there, even though no matter what setting I was in, I love it. And I don't lose sight of why I'm in it. So one of the things that I've seen that some of the struggles throughout it's people losing their why, right? The purpose, because what I was putting in a setting of a retail uh, community setting, um, independent to help grow other people, businesses and compound and non-sterile to in a clinical pharmacist. So whatever your role, you have to think of as a big picture of how you're helping the community as a whole, not just you as a single entity, whether as you are employee or employer, you know, as going to be on entrepreneurship. But it's just one of those mindset that I've seen. My passion's always been helping is for others. My craving, my heart is always helping others, whether it's through our words. You know, now, of course, with our pharmacies uh, degree, you can use that to help people with their medications and interactions and all. It's, it's so blessing to see what really your mind focus taught. And I really see that. You know, as an immigrant came to the United States, I didn't know the language, but just the curiosity of learning and wanting to do better and to help people. Right. That's the end of the day is what we hear. And it just I, it, it made me grounded. Even there's lots of noise. Not that I didn't know what's going on. Right. Corporate world and pushing metrics and qualities and things that are non patient center. It's just about the numbers. So I have to get out. So I've seen that. I'm saying, what else can I do? So that's how, you know, as a myself seeing the burnout of meaning, trying to seek different career path to find what is it meant for you here that you can make a bigger impact. So I've seen, you know, some of the, the things that um, as a pharmacist myself and even other healthcare, part of the healthcare, you know, hospital that you see nurse being burned out, doctors being burned out, is because they are being pushed by the system to seeing so many X amount of patients and there's you know, and losing or afraid of losing their job, financial stability. And I get it. And we all been there and but it's just so sad that I I, I wanna kind of use this and say, you know, we have to be awakened to see what is it our true purpose. Don't go the flow. Just don't be another quota and just be in the silo, right? When we know that if it's wrong, we have to kind of step up and either step aside and not be part of it. So others who are having that voice and having that movement, let them do the work. If we don't have that courage or the power in the, in the meantime, but you can support, right? You can be a supporter, a silo supporter on a lot of things, but I, I think that's just like, I, I've seen some of the things and I've, you know, coming from myself, I know when you're saying that you're being on, um, to not only 
get out of the burnout, but how do you thrive? And really it's just that small moment of reflection, having that gratitude and mindful of what's going on at the present moment. What can you do, right? And right now with what's going on in our professions, it's, it's like you, you either feed in all the negative or you're going to look at the positive. So if you think of your mindful of, okay, what can I do to change it for myself? Not think of anything else first. If you show up at work and you bitter about your job, right? And you don't like your job, it's going to show through your coworker, right? You're going to be not nice to your coworker and then your patients, you're probably going to be snappy too, right? So it's the whole approach has to start with you. And then how it's going to come home when you come home to your family and your kids, right? So all that is a ripple effect that we have to be conscious of. It's not just a burnout at work. It will not only harm your own health, right? Because if we don't realize it and make some strategies, in the meantime, we're not here to say, just leave your nine to five and create something that you have a passion about. But I think that there, everyone has a uniqueness and so a gift and a purpose in this world if we can just tune into ourselves. All right. Let's talk about two things. Number one, I want to hear about the pathway from St. Luke's where you were a health system pharmacist doing very well there and how you transitioned to becoming a coach through the Story Institute. That's number one. Number two, I want you to help our listeners set some um, some steps in order to exercise their uh, their level of thinking, their level of perception, and perception is our reality. But you and I, if you were a negative person and I was a positive person in nature, we may look at things the same thing completely differently. Um, you and I could go to a retail chain uh, pharmacy job where we were expected to be there um, eight, nine, uh, maybe 10 hours a day, um, not have a chance to have a break, not a chan- have a chance to you know, take some lunch or make a phone call or just relax or, you know, the stress that that those pharmacists are under and those tech, techs are under. But the attitude that you are referencing puts a um, puts a puts the reality of the situation that we're in and it impacts other people. It impacts our coworkers, like you said, it impacts our patients, it impacts our 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 um our friends or family so let's let's talk about your pathway first you you were a you were doing very well as a health system pharmacist i can imagine you know the income that you were generating was great um you had made some decisions that you wanted more out of your career you wanted to help others you wanted to move into coaching talk to us about that pathway yeah so the one of the things that i've seen as the struggles, not only the system is great, you know, it's because of my my mentality. Like when you say, I'm always positive because I see I'm here to serve. I'm here to make an impact. So I know that I put my heart and soul and put everything at the moment for that patient. So that way at the end of the shift, my mind is completely free because I'm all in at the present moment. 
I'm not worrying about other things. So one of the things that I've seen as a struggle when you're fine-tuned and kind of constrained in the health system-wise is you're not able to really get out there and raise awareness of what's more than just a pill for an ill. And I've seen, you know, not all, you know, as our own family members, myself, is there's other modalities of treatment that as we as a pharmacist can raise an awareness and let the patients and the community know that it's not just one thing, it's not this or that. And it might not work for you. It might work for you, Todd, and for me, but maybe a, another C patients might not work, right? So it's very individualized, personalized. So that's why sometimes, but having that connection and really understand the patients and each individual is so unique. And so, and one of the things I, I've seen is the holistic and functional medicines, right? That it's always been ancient in thousands, thousands of years, it's already been. But I've seen, I noticed that that people talk about the woo-woo, you know, when they talk about the hypnobreath and the sound healing and all the things that people kind of lose sight of because of the noise, right? Because we're also in a fast pace quick and instant, right? We want something here. Like if I'm ill, I'm sick, I'm in pain, I want it now, right? And like, but I think one of the things I think is we're so caught up on wanting it so much and having that instant gratifications, right? Of wanting to, whether if you, you want that pain to go away or if you, it's a career, you want it just now, now, now. But success doesn't happen overnight. And pain if you're, it's really, it's all perceptions. Your pain level might be high, but then I said, oh, it's still the little paper cut. But for me, it didn't hurt that much. But each, every one individual. So we have to kind of really tailor and acknowledge each individual uniqueness. And that is the key on how personalized medicine and functional medicine in this movement is more than just one dimension that I want our profession to kind of say, step on. There's more to it, right? Pharmacogenomic, right? I mean, there's so much that our profession is not seeing. And, 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 and I seen that because when we went to school, they didn't really taught us. Taught, they didn't really taught us about entrepreneurship, business, what's out there. They only see retail, hospital, maybe long-term care, but like very black or white, right? But there's so much opportunities out there. And that's why, and I've seen the burnout on people and I say, why is it, I have that burning fire. It's like, how come no matter what I was been, I don't have a problem because I want to fix it. My mentality is not just be in it and go with the flow. I yeah. want to be innovative, find a way to help that system, help find a way to help that community that pharmacy thrive because when they thrive their patient thrive they're happy so it's a win-win for everybody but not everybody have that mentality of how can you help others serve others first because when you put others first you have a higher purpose it's not just about you i believe and totally embrace that the universe will bring you so much more and people just have to have believe that there's so much kindness and love out there and people willing to help you if you reach out and ask and that's where coaching is un unbelievable to kind of ignite your potential. You know, it's boundless.
Yep. And I want to reference the world of outcomes and the world of data and the world of what you value as a pharmacist and as other pharmacists listening value, which is evidence-based. Um, and when I'm talking about that, there was an interesting article and research that was done by Dr. Luana um, Koloka. Um, she's a, fish, a physician scientist at the University of Maryland in Baltimore, and she calls the placebo effect, she calls that our inner pharmacy. Now listen, <laughs> Larry, this is so powerful. She said that just expecting to feel better can cause the release of substances in our system to literally make us feel better. And she goes on to say that the placebo effect can be powerful. It can help us with pain, fatigue, depression, anxiety, or nausea, but our inner pharmacy can't treat everything. It can't, for instance, make tumors go away or lower your cholesterol or get rid of infections. So what I want to say to our listeners is your inner pharmacy is extremely powerful to the mindset of what you think about your career right now. You're driving to work right now and you're white knuckling your steering wheel and the traffic's probably bad and you have a nine hour shift ahead at a retail you know, community pharmacy and the chain pharmacy doesn't care about you or at least that's the way you feel. And you have to make a decision right now if you can, if you're if you're at a stoplight or you're 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 stopped, if you shut your eyes for just a second and and just breathe and just relax and just kind of meditate and and try to take time to get ready for the day and and try to conjure up as much positivity and love and and care and the whole purpose of why you became a pharmacy. Remember back when you made the decision um, to enroll in pharmacy school, how excited you were. And that's the first stage. But the next stage is to make a plan to do something that will change and alter and support your mindfulness for the rest of your career and, and make those. And by the way, that's not a one and done. Look at me. I've been in pharmacy now since 2004, started in technology and software sales and long-term care pharmacy. Started my own buying group that became a multi-million dollar, nine and a half million dollars a month in drug buy, extremely successful. That collapsed based on things that were not out, were out of my control. Went back into technology, started a podcast, had no intention of it doing what it's done today. And now it's this global publication reaching hundreds of thousands of listeners across the world. Um, and I'm, I'm so proud of the resilience and the dedication and me looking at the, and listening to the naysayers and telling people telling me that it would never work. You can't make a living at it. You can't do this. You know, this doesn't make any sense. It's too woo woo. Like you were saying, it's too fluffy, you know, and I'm just like, no, it's, it's something that's, that's necessary. It's something that's needed. And that is exactly what you did. You decided to make a change in your own life and your own career that now is going to have, I'll use your words, a ripple effect on the rest of the people that you surround, that are surrounding you and are tapping into your energy. And I think that there is something scientific and proven based on even this article about the placebo effect that can interact and impact people, patients, providers, partners 
your husband, your wife, your kids, you know, everything. It's a, it's a domino explosion of opportunity for us. Yes, it's so much, uh, Todd. And when you talk about placebo, I'm just going to add if um, there are data, like if a physician tells a patient, right, you have cancer, that word by itself would either break you if you don't have that mindset of strong mindfulness grounded on what it would do to you on a normal person. If you hear that word by itself, you go crashing. I don't want to live. Oh, I don't have much X amount of time. But if you have the will say, whatever it is, I'm going to enjoy the fullest live with gratitude. I, your perception would change. But the, 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 another word I want to also emphasize is the word that our impact will change will make. Right. Because the word, our word is the impact also. So it starts with our mind because if our mind, it, because all that is start with our mind, whatever our mind is, it come out to our word, our mouth, and it come out in the words, and then it become an actions. So we have to be mindful and be aware of our thoughts, and then it will come to our words, and then our, our actions. So whatever you feed to it, it's like a tree. Todd, you know, when we want to grow a fruity tree that are really lovely, you have to feed some loving the soil, the water, the sunlight. And if you sing and put love to it, it's different, right? But if let's say you don't put water, you put it in an area that doesn't have sunlight, you don't have none of that. What that tree will give you, right? So whatever you want, you got to put into it. So whatever your focus, whatever you want, you got to have that shift and you're willing to work hard and stick with it and guarantee you will have results. But you got to trust the process and go with it. And like you're saying, you know, because you hone into whatever that special is, that beginning of the day, those who are struggling, find that gratitude, whatever that little one to two gratitude that you have, hone into that, hold tight, right? Be blessed for it and use that as your next stepping stone. You're going to see the tremendous value and what you can do when you don't know what you can do, the mm -hmm. limit. Don't don't put a ceiling to you. <laughs> don't don't put a cap. Don't don't label you. Don't put us in a box. We're not just a pharmacist. We're not just a pharmacy technician, right? You're not a nobody like that. Don't label yourself. You are um, uh, being here in this planet. You have a gift. You have a power. You have a special uniqueness. You just don't know it yet. Yep. Find that person to ignite and unravel, bring shine you out in the the light because when you do you're going to be unstoppable <laughs> exactly yep i've talked to so many people including the founder of the story institute um dr christina manukian and and her belief in herself she's told the stories several stories about her own ups and downs and how yes. to come back to that resilience and that that commitment of mindfulness and what that did for her in her career and how she's impacted other people, including yourself. So talk to us a little bit about the Story Institute and in your mission through that. Well, oh, um, how what one of the things I, I want to share the lights on how urgency, um, my last um, place that I work with a pharmacy technician, right? In a toxic environment, she came back 
from a re- complete remission, completely healed from an overdose. She want to kill herself, right? Because of how bad the toxic environment of another burnt out corporate world of pharmacy. She came to a smaller independent spa in a smaller arena, not knowing only four hours a day, Todd, would another episode could occur. And she, as I told her, I was like, I'm not going to help this place and I'm going to shorten my link and not give them the full link. I'm just going to not be here anymore. Are you going to be okay? Because before I do anything, I always want to take care of my people, the people I work with. I care so much about them beyond the four walls of the pharmacy. And so when I told her that, she said, my goodness, she only stayed because of me. She said that if I wasn't here and she couldn't imagine if someone that was not kindness, that genuine, authentically care for someone as a human being, right? That things, life happens, just humanity, kindness she would have snapped again. And that that just gave me chills, Todd. Like, I was like, that is, I drop, I was like, that is why my mission is to amplify and we have to get the people who are burnt out to know that there are options. I'm not here to say that leave now, but don't, your mental health is much more because if you snap, and I can see that fine line Todd, when, you know, because I'm, I was with her and I see, I was like, I can see how someone can lose it, right? Because it's either someone exclude to harming themselves and not harm others that inflict their own pain or to the point they can't avoid anymore and they snap or they inflict pain on other people. For me to hear, see this and say, how can, be, how can we be proactive and preventative and knowing everyone and have empathy and compassion for one another. That is how you bridge the gap of the burnout, right? And the the violence and things that are happening now in this world that people don't see the humanness, right? Humanity, we gotta bring humanity back. And even in the place of healthcare, if you're treating one another like that, how are you treating your patient? That same mentality, if you give the same fruit um, in a food that I cook for you and I cuss and I have that, that energy, the food you eat will become toxic, I swear. But if you give with love and nurturing all the love, it's different. Like what you're saying is placebo effect, but that energy, people will pick it up. Mm-hmm. People will pick it up that you loving kindness and care and compassion, and you have that to generate. And I said that there's my mission right there. I want people to find their purpose and, and help people get out of that burnout and don't feel that. And I was like, if I can save one person life to know that they matter, their life matters, and they are so important, their stories and whatever their uniqueness gift, just find it, that spot and put it in an, another environment. You thrive, right? Because the, the leadership people don't know. They just want to put you in a box. Oh, you do this, do that. But if you have a lot of things, your gift and skills that you already have, there's so much value and so much that you can offer to the world right now. And that's what I, I wanted people to really gauge in and say, yes, there's, there's a lot of noise, a lot of things in the news. No news is good news, right? When they put that out in the media. 
but we're going to have to flood with a lot of right here, the positivity right here uh, on our show. Like with Todd, we have got to bring that back. There's a lot of those here. We just have to bring those people and those environment and those people into the light and say, we're here to help you. And those people are, you're not alone. We all been there, but it's just that moment. How can you handle your emotional? If you're not grounded and I can see that, I say, that is why people change so much. They became bitter of their profession and they lose. So when they come to work, they're not really passionate about caring. It's just another thing. Oh, if the patient die or whatever, they lose that. What if it's your mother? What if it's your son, your daughter? If you treat it with such care, it's totally different. Yep. And if you treat your own business or if you go to work, it's even well, wherever you are. And I know that they will have to change. And those who are in it feel stuck. Find a way to even maybe do a side business, a side gig. See, find out what something you like to do. And then maybe slowly decrease the hours where you burn out. Well, find a way to get out. But if your mental health, oh my goodness, Todd, that I was like, you got to find that passion because it's so much to help people. And when people truly believe in it, they go, they go off and they, they feel that the fire. Yes, I got it. You're going to see so much love and the next ripple of their family, right? You save that person alive. Now they go and make impact on others. That is just a blessing. It's so much more. But when you look at it, it's not just one thing. It's not just one patient. Look at the well-being of everyone. How are you helping that patient, that whole family, community? That's how I, I see it. Can you <laughs> day after day, five days a week, maybe six days a week, can you imagine collecting garbage? And if that was your job, just collecting garbage, you're a garbage person you you travel the neighborhoods you pick up the garbage you put it in the truck you crush the garbage you take it to where it needs to go and you're doing that day and day in and day out and that's your job there is a video on youtube of a garbage a garbage man on the back of a truck who pulls up to a home who the young i think the little baby boy is two and a half three years old he is so excited to see mm. his friend they've made obviously these two people have made this relationship he runs out of the house runs to the garbage guy gets to pick up a couple of things that are on the floor he, he, the garbage man picks him up puts you know the garbage you know helps him put the garbage in the thing and then when that interaction that isn't obviously probably slowed him down because he had to take time to to talk <laughs> But the attitude of that garbage man and that child and the impact that that man that is in collection of our waste, his attitude was an attitude of love. And the yes. job he does and the job that he has, the pride that he takes is bigger than keeping garbage off the streets and keeping our neighborhoods clean. It's bigger than that. And that video showed me that you could have any job in the world and decide to be a jerk and have a bad mind frame and, and think, yeah. woe is me and feeling like a victim. Or you could take the approach of that man. I wish I knew his name. I'm trying to actually search for the video now. That man decided I'm waking up and I'm going to, I'm going to take joy and some of the little things and the, and the, and the little thing that he took joy in was making that three-year-old 
baby uh, excited to visit him on his pickup once a week. And that's special. And that should be a, a reference to all of us in the impact that we have, the impact that you're having on me right now, because I'm, um, I'm sucking off the energy. <laughs> and it's wonderful. But we're supporting each other. And we're, we're putting this interview together and this podcast together, because we hope that someone's going to listen right now, and it's going to start a fire in their heart, yes. change their own lives. Yes, and it's, it's it's amazing how small act of kindness, right? Because when I was like, um, one like uh, I mean, so much, but it's so app- appalling when, like, for instance, um, I went to a conference, right? And this lady, her name Claire, she went off to the airport earlier. So I said, well, you know, make sure you text me, make sure you land home okay, and made it home. And later on this week, I hop on her live audio and she say, one of the things you didn't know, New, but you made an impact to me because nobody said that to me except my family. But not many people really love and cherish relationship connection. Like you have to, because at the end of the day, it's relationship, how we show up, right? But when you show up authentically as you, be you. And share that love and kindness. People appreciate that that you don't know of, right? That they're like, and I thought that was normal. I thought that was common, but common to me is not common to others. You see, that is how we gotta spread that, like that love and kindness. Being mindful of slowing down. Wait a minute, while you check the patient's um, prescriptions, or maybe you're counseling. Maybe you ask them how they're going, how their family going, right? How's life treating them? Maybe they'll share you a little story. But I know in in the corporate world, it's hard to have that conversation. I've been there. But one of those things is getting to know your coworker, getting to know your patients, getting to know your community, and really be there. And it doesn't have to be financial support. It can be just being present. And I hear you. I'm listening to your story. Be present. And acknowledge and and care for one another, that alone will have an effect on people. Just people don't know the power that you have. And in this world, people is chasing another shiny object, right, Todd? Yep. I mean, what were we talking about? Oh, fancy car, fancy house, fancy this and that. But what is it gonna lead you, right? We're all at the end of the day, we eat three meals a day if those who are eat three meals a day, not fasting. But, you know, it's literally, we're all the same. No matter what our race, our gender, our religion, if we treat one another as the same, like our sibling, sisters, and we all bleed the same, then we, we care for one another and lift one another the same. I guarantee you, you will have a positive ripple effect on others. Before Todd, when I didn't have that tra- traumatized experience and toxic work and all my personal experience, I don't think I will have that voice of saying, I'm here to share a story. Because I see when you have a passion, we all have a story. And you, when it lights you up, you're like, no, you got to keep going. Because so much impact that you got to do, that you got to help other people. Because people can't go home being drunk or being bitter and, and vent on their family. Maybe they're suppressed at work environment and then they vent on their family. 
their spouse or or whatever it is. But really, it's so much um, out there that and all the healing and all the modalities, I truly believe, and it comes from, I guess, in our culture too, and how I believe that even, I don't know if you believe in this, but the power of meditation, right? The power of just calming yourself down and finding, tuning in, like if you believe in faith, like if it's uh, God, Buddha, what other divine force, or even that you believe in the law of the universe, stay tuned and be aware. I guarantee you, you will have things so much impactful. If you start your day with gratitude, you start your day with just, I'm so grateful and send the energy out to universe and saying you wish for every human being on this planet to not be suffering, right? To find a home, to find a career. If you keep on wishing that, the rest will come back to you. You don't think for yourself because if you're self-centered and only think for yourself, what's in it for me because they've done me so wrong, then you can't be creative. You can't think of innovative. How can you be better? How can you help contribute to something bigger than you? That is where you got to be the innovative. When the most challenging, the most hit-harding and you're in this darkest moment, that is where you shine because you got to figure out what's next to make it a better world for you and for others. All right, New. How do people reach out to you? How do they connect with you? How can they um, learn from you? And I mean, I connected with you on LinkedIn, but share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you. So, of course, um, they can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn at Dr. New Trong or on my, I also have my website, knhealthconsulting.com. Uh, I also have a newsletter on um, LinkedIn on Mindfulness Momentum. I also kind of published that out. And then um, I'm also a part of on Story Institute. You know, people can uh, reach out to me. I would love to help people find clarity if that's something they want to dive in, in the functional medicine, holistic approach. There's so much. It's the next big thing that people are into now. If you believe in not just treating a pill for new. There are treatment for pill in the modalities, but there's other things that you're going to have to really hone in to really treat a patient. Um, and then, you know, I'm also, you know, want people to know that when you burn out, you know, like, um, I don't know if you know Dr. Melissa Hanault too. She's having the burnout to all out. She's originally a pharmacist, but now she's wanting to be a powerhouse for people who are burnt out to find that entrepreneurship and how to thrive on this LinkedIn world, right? And Dr. Kristen Manukin is another pharmacist who's a clinical pharmacist in the hospital, now wanting to raise awareness on functional medicine, holistic approach. Now her institute is board certified. It's not just a, another thing, it's board certified. And then, you know, for me, I just want people to know, to always love, lead with love, kindness, compassion, and mindfulness on everything that you do has an impact. And it starts with our thoughts, our mind. And when you really stay in tune to it, the rest will be history. You will have flow with ease. You And of course, I'm not he here to say it, it's easy. It, it's like a awakening moment of like, oh, instant. Oh, I'm here now. No, it takes a lot of practice. 
a lot of digging, a lot of studying, a lot of things that you have to do yourself, right? But nothing comes without hard work. And all of our listeners, I believe in them that they have so much potential out there, Todd, that it's just waiting for them. And I can't wait to see their own transformation. Maybe later on, they'll drop a, say, Todd, you and New inspire me to be this, this. And that's what we hear. We want to inspire and motivate people so they can take the action, so they can have a transformation of their own life and others around them. I'm so happy. Todd, look at you. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. New Throng. It's been uh, wonderful finally getting an opportunity to to link up with you. I can't wait to meet you in person. Hopefully we'll have that at a pharmacy conference, um, you know, in, in 2024, I'm trying to make it to South by Southwest as I prefaced before we started. If, if I, if I do plan and and get a pass to go to that, I'll definitely let you know as well as our listeners, but coming together in person is, is special as much as I like seeing you on zoom. Um, it's the hug and, and sitting. Yes. Or a cup of tea or coffee or or something and and yes funding but thank you so much for being on this week in pharmacy and sharing um your journey and your mission through mindfulness and really leveling up in in our careers in pharmacy thank you so much new thank you so much todd thank you everyone have a blessed one